The pandemic continues, and so does your important work communicating, messaging, helping your community, staff, students, and parents through this pandemic. Part four, coronavirus communication for schools. In this episode 53, we're going to talk about how to increase your engagement and reach into your community, make your impact even bigger, more significant, some unique ideas, one tool that has really been a savior for me, and it could help you in your school district, and how we can really help support our students, staff, and community with important resources. That and plenty more coming up. Part four, coronavirus communications for schools. Hi, this is Rob Wilsey, founder of Schoolshine. We make custom professional quality videos for school districts. We wanna make sure your district has the very best video content possible and the best content strategy so you can get the most out of your videos. So check out some samples at schoolshine.org and schedule a call with us today to learn how you can take your videos to the next level. That's schoolshine.org. Do you wish that creating and sending email newsletters took less time and effort? Would you like more parents to tune in and read your district's newsletter? If so, try MarketVolt, the email newsletter platform tailored for districts like yours. With MarketVolt, it's simple to create newsletters that parents will read. MarketVolt automatically customizes your newsletter to match each parent's interest. With MarketVolt, you can create better newsletters with less headache and less hassle. Visit betterk12newsletter.com to learn what MarketVolt can do for you. That's betterk12newsletter.com, powered by MarketVolt. Hey there, PR experts. Blackboard here. School PR is about telling the story of your students, your teachers, and your school community. From websites and mass notifications to mobile presence and classroom engagement, Blackboard has the tools that you need. And whether you're a one-person shop or part of a bigger communication team, we can help you reach more people more effectively in less time. Thank you for all the work you do in improving education and helping students succeed. And thanks for letting us be a part of it. Now, back to the podcast. Advocating for public education, sharing our stories, and celebrating our schools, students, teachers, and staff. From crisis communications to media relations, social media, and everything in between, we're here to give you the best strategies, tools, and techniques to help educators help our kids. Welcome to the School PR Podcast, brought to you by Blackboard, Schoolshine, and Market Bolt. Here's your host, Ryan Ferran. All right, here it is, 2021, here we come, but the pandemic is still with us and we still have a lot of work to do. We are pushing a year into talking about the coronavirus, helping our schools, communities, staff, students, everybody, and the work is not over yet. Cases are through the roof, ICU capacity at 0%, even worse in a lot of places, The stay-at-home order just today in California extended for many parts indefinitely. So we are not anywhere near the end of this coronavirus pandemic. And your great work is needed more than ever as we continue through this. Lots to talk about in this episode. Did not want to have to do a part four. Didn't even want to have to do a part one, two, or three. But here we are. Part four, I've gotten a great response about these and people really appreciating the Coronavirus Communications for Schools series. 
So here we are, part four. Um, they're some of my most listened to episodes ever. So appreciate the feedback. And with where we're at with the cases, where we're going, I know the vaccine is here, but that's going to take a while to kick in, as everyone knows. Um, there's still a lot of work to do. Schools are still closed. Hearts are still open, as we say in Arcadia, one of our hashtags that we'll talk about coming up in this episode. But there, there's a lot of new things that I want to add to this series that as we continue, we need to continue to evolve in our communications, our messaging, and really how we can support our school communities. And there's some great ways to do that. Some recent episodes I want you to take a listen to if you haven't. Our last one was about getting into the room. Great opportunity with this and letting everyone know what you've been doing. But there's other podcasts too. Recent episodes about how you can really show appreciation for your staff. We talked about nice notes in, I think it was episode 50, showing that gratitude for all the people that are just doing miraculous, heroic work in this pandemic, and that is public school educators and staff. So a lot of things, if you haven't listened to the podcast in a while, there's a few good ones. And the other three parts in this series, and they're still all really relevant with as far as messaging, techniques, strategies, and what you could be doing and, and some suggestions to help improve your communications. I know we're so busy, so the more effective we can be at coronavirus communications, the better. Us in Arcadia, we're, we sent out over 30 updates and counting, so it continues. Coronavirus isn't going anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately, but a lot of things I want to talk to you guys about in this episode. So number one is changing up your communications a little bit. One of those things is how you deliver the message. So we're all writing letters mass email blast, which is great. That's a typical form that we're doing. But a few months back, we switched it up a little bit. And just to not make it so mundane, give it some creativity, another way for engagement. And when we first did this new technique and nothing, you know, mind numbing, we just did some videos with the coronavirus updates. They were received very well. And I would suggest you consider doing that. So what it is, is basically our update. We still do an email letter form with it, but we provide much more context in a video interview. So it's me and my superintendent, and we're talking about what we're talking about in the coronavirus update, the latest developments, where we're at with schools opening, our procedures, all that sort of thing. But what the video allows is really more transparency, more information, and they get to hear from the superintendent. They get to hear from you and explain a little bit of the thinking behind it, the reasoning, who's making decisions, who's not making decisions, what the county directive is, the state, where you lie in that situation. A lot of parents still think it's up to the superintendent. Why aren't you opening up schools? Why aren't you doing this? And for most of us in pretty much every state, it's not up to us. It's not up to you. So we try to explain those things to our parents in the videos. It also gives a personal touch, a human voice, a connection that this is just not us sending out, here's the directive, this is what we're doing, but you're showing empathy in a video. You can see the pain, the anguish on the superintendent, on yourself asking the questions that you have to ask that are uncomfortable but it provides another layer of personal communication, that personal touch 
that you just can't get across in letters. We've done plenty of letters and we still do them and we provide the text with the videos. But if you haven't done a video update, I would suggest doing them. Check out our coronavirus update page in Arcadia. It's a simple interview. Me and my superintendent, Dr. Van Alistal, he, he does such a great job of, you know, he's really good on camera and just explaining things. He's, he's very personal. We don't, we don't script it out. We have some talking points, uh, things we want to hit on. I'll say, you know, Dr. Van Alistal, what are, what are a few of the things you want to talk about? He'll give me a few. I'll say, how about this? Yes, let's talk about that. And it's just a, really, it's just a conversation. You know, I'll ask him the questions, you know, that we pre-prescribed beforehand, but it's not this scripted thing where, you know, kind of seems like you're looking at a teleprompter and just reading the script or the update. It's how we are. It's kind of raw. Um, and people really have appreciated that because they get more insights. And we don't do these for critical updates like, you know, schools are closing. We have to do this. And this is urgent. We're getting it out now. These are for just kind of the continual updates to provide more context, more information, and a little bit more depth into it. And so I would suggest doing that if you can. If you're uncomfortable doing the interviews, maybe have your superintendent do a video update just so you have that connection at a more emotional level. You can express the empathy and get more information out. Be more transparent about your process. Explain things. In letters in the written form, it's it's hard to do that. In video, you can take more time to kind of explain the reasoning behind things. And I think people have really appreciated that. So I would suggest that. This also is one of the reasons why I think that former journalists make very good PIOs in a lot of cases, chief communications folks, whatever the title is, coming into school communications because they're comfortable asking questions, they're comfortable being on camera, doing that sort of thing. So even if you're not that comfortable at it, people appreciate hearing from you, putting a face to the messaging, hearing from your superintendent. So give that a try, shift up your messaging. Don't always send out the letters. Every few, maybe try a video with your superintendent and see how that goes. I think you'll be surprised and very appreciative at the response you get. I also did an update with our district nurse. Shout out to Erica Newkirk. And just to break it up again, to do something unique. So it just wasn't me and the superintendent again, which people were kind of getting used to. And you can kind of see the views go down. They know it's not too urgent. Um, but we did this just to give really good information, you know, how to deal with a coronavirus case in your house. Here's the, this checklist that they, they created for you and talk to her, get more information at a deeper level. People really appreciated that. So consider doing updates and consider doing them in video format. I think you'll get a great response. We talked about not being repetitive. That's of course why we do the videos and not just the text. Also within the messaging, we need to be careful because we've sent out so many now. Like I said, we're on 30 something here in Arcadia. So some of those phrases like these unprecedented times in quotes, of course, right? So don't always say the same thing. It becomes white noise to folks. So make sure you're using different language or changing it up. So instead of unprecedented times, challenging period, difficult times, make sure it's unique. So people know you're putting in thought that second level effort 
repetition is not good. And it's tough for us school communicators right now because it this is, man, we're going on a year of communicating this. So we need to keep it fresh. We need to keep people engaged and keep them stimulated. So not being repetitive is a great way to do that. One other thing that has really helped us in this time is something that I started five years ago, a community email list. I am very glad I started an email list and this was five years ago. So I pulled the numbers going through our list and it's a great idea just to increase your reach. What I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, how do we increase our reach? So we all have our email list from our parents, everyone, our staff that's within our school system. But what about those in the community, business owners, people that live down the street from the school, but are not in the school. They don't have kids in the, in your, in your system. So in an effort to, you know, improve our reach within our community, I started a, a community email list, nothing, you know, too extraordinary as far as ideas, but I figured, you know, other entities, businesses, companies use email list. Why don't we use them in school? So I said, let me start a community email list, see if it gains any traction. So I am super glad I did this and, and would encourage you to do this as soon as possible. We do it through a simple Google form, sign up. You can check out our, our website to see what it looks like. A couple basic questions and it, it's easy. Make it super easy for people that can put in two different email addresses in there. So when we, it's going to start out slow, just so you know. It's not going to go off like gangbusters. But here we are five years later and it has come in super handy for the pandemic. First year, we got about 140 people signed up, which is good. That's 140 people, emails that we can reach whenever we need to send something out, our newsletter, urgent news, good news that we weren't reaching before. Second year, we added about another 100. Third year, we doubled that. We're about 600. Fourth year, we had about 800 new emails in the system, which is fantastic. Fifth year, we had about 1,200 but listen to this. So since we closed schools on March, uh, mid-March, we had about a thousand, a little over a thousand signed up for our email list. Since then, we had an additional 510 signups. So now we have almost 1,600 in our community email list. What has been great about this, as we know, <laughs> and you guys are with me on this, so you'll get the person that emails and says, I'm not getting the updates. I'm not getting your emails. What happened? And as we know, 99.9% of the time, they unsubscribed. They never signed up in the first place. And of course, they're upset with you because they don't have the email, right? So we need to remain patient. So what we did is said, if you're not getting them, Sign up for the community email list right now and you will be in our system immediately, almost immediately. And then we'll, you know, figure out how to add you in our mass communication system as soon as possible. But this helped us immensely for not only communicating with the community at large who wanted to know our schools open, our campuses open, what can we do and staying in touch but for our parents who didn't sign up or unsubscribe to our mass no notification system, they could sign up for the community email list. We could update that daily 
twice a day, whatever we needed to. And it really improved our reach. So community email list, I would highly suggest that. So obviously post it on your website, post it on your social media. If you want to sign up for a community email list, the key to this though, also I found was making it your Facebook button on the top of your Facebook page. So there's a button up top that you can elicit signups. You can take them to a website, whatever, but make it a sign up button. You can adjust the button for different features, functions, make it a sign up button and take it to your email list, your community email list. And that has generated a lot of responses for us and made our community email list very robust. We're pushing, I guess now we're up to almost 1800 emails in there. So that's 1,800 people we can reach in our community, which is you know not a huge community. I think we're around 50, 60,000 in Arcadia that we're reaching outside of our folks, which has been so valuable. And if they're not getting it, uh, an update through our system, there's a problem with their email. They didn't sign up, whatever. I can have them sign up for the community email list. They're going to get the updates until whatever correction needs to be made for our internal system. So that has been a lifesaver. Glad I did it. And so now we put a link to our community email list in every single coronavirus update that we send out in addition with a link to our coronavirus update page on our website, our Facebook and Twitter. So in case somebody was sent the coronavirus update and they didn't receive it themselves directly, they can easily sign up to our community email list. So now that is a standard in all of our updates. So if somebody passes it along, they forward it along to a friend, colleague, neighbor, they know how to immediately sign up and continue to get our updates or start getting them. So this has been a huge benefit for us and one I highly recommend. And it'll come in use for things I don't know about in two years, but when we send out good news, whatever it may be, the community email list has been wonderful. So I suggest you start one. So many ways to do it. We use a Google form. You can check it out. And what's great about the Google forms is you can put it into a Google sheet. You could separate, you can organize it, and it's very easy to do it that way. And best of all, it's free. So community email list has been great. What could stunning professional quality videos do for your school district's PR and communications? Find out how School Shine's professional video team can partner with your district at schoolshine.org. This podcast is also brought to you by MarketVolt Email Newsletter Solutions, providing industry-leading email newsletter solutions that better connect over 800,000 parents, staff, and community members with their school districts. Learn more about MarketVolt at betterk12newsletter.com. Blackboard believes in the power of good communication in helping students succeed and is a proud sponsor of School PR with Ryan Ferran. Blackboard, education's partner in change. Now, back to the podcast. Another thing I want to talk about in messaging is with our updates. So we're on 32, 33 for our coronavirus updates. How we message and who gets what first is kind of important. I should probably do a whole different podcast on this. I actually wrote about this on my blog a long time ago, and I'll share the link in the description of this, and you can check it out. It goes through the whole hierarchy of who should be getting what communications first, the different layers uh, and coordination of communications. So my blog is Ryan PR 
ferran.blogspot.com. One of my earliest posts is about the hierarchy of the communications, who should get what first and dissemination down the line. So one of the things we do with the coronavirus updates and most important updates is send them out in layers, essentially. So the executive team, the board will get the communication first, then the admin council, which is supervisors, district leaders throughout, staff, then parents. So there's this layering of it. One key here is we always want our staff to get the message and the information before our parents. Our parents are definitely a part of our our community. We need them to be in the know, but our staff are on the inside team and I want them to have the information first. I don't want them to find something else about their organization, about their school from a parent who doesn't work for us. That's kind of a big pet peeve, bothersome to people. You know, if you're finding out something about your school district, your job from somebody else that's on the outside, it's like there's there's a kink in the armor there, right? So your staff should be getting the messaging before the parents. If it's urgent crisis, there's something that you need to get out immediately. It's okay to send it both at the same time. But if it's non-urgent, and even if it's urgent sometimes, I think a heads up to the staff first is great because they can help you. They're on your team to answer questions. They know what's happening. There's nothing worse than a parent going to a teacher saying, oh, I heard you're closing for this or the closure is extended and this is the next procedure. And they're like, I don't know about that. It makes the staff uncomfortable. The parents like, why do I know? And you don't know. It's not a good system for communications. So we always start with staff getting the coronavirus updates first and most messaging first that's going out um, at large and then the parents. So there's definitely a hierarchy. Also, what that does is it helps with proofreading, copy editing. That's kind of a secondary benefit of it. Your staff will, you know, a lot of great English teachers out there. But that aside, your staff should know what's happening, what's going to be out in the public before the greater community does. So I actually write, we write two updates and they're two different updates. One is a staff update, a coronavirus update, and the other is a parent one. And there'll be different messaging in them, you know, with staff. It's nothing too drastic, but there's things that relate to staff that the parents don't necessarily need to know or want to know, but the staff wants to know. And we always include, here is the exact message that the parents are going to get, attach that as a Google Doc so they can see it. So they get their own personalized email with pertinent staff information, whatever that may be at the time. And then they can see the exact parent communication and community email list and everyone else that's going to receive it and what's going to be on social media before it goes out so they can help answer questions. They're in the know and that's the way it should be. I don't want my staff feeling like they don't know what's happening. I want them to be one of the very first to get the communication. So I want you to consider that if you're not doing that, staff should be one of the first people that get the information before it goes out publicly. That's always a good idea. And again, check my blog for the complete hierarchy of how you should be layering your communications.
So how do we support our students, staff during this? What extra support resources do they need? Recently, we did a big mental health push again, as we did in May. So this is a perfect time to push out those mental health resources that you may have done last year. We built a really nice web page for mental health. It's actually COVID-19 mental health resources and support page, along with mental health Awareness Month in May last year, and we pushed it back out again because, as we know, as cases were starting to push back up last month or so, the past few weeks, stress, anxiety starting to increase, at least anecdotally, and probably, I'm sure, real numbers as well because it's just it's another kind of kick to the stomach and, oh, here we go again, cases back up. We've been doing all this. We're pushing, you know, nine months, schools closed, and cases are still rising. So this is a great time to push back out or push initially those mental health and wellness resource pages. So big shout out to, I need to give a few shout outs here. Jim Anderson, he is uh, in our district, did a great job compiling a lot of this information for our mental health resources. Music Watson. Chief of Staff, San Diego County Office of Education. I was just Facebook messaging her. I think she sent me some great resources, and I think it was an infographic that we used for this mental health page. Um, By the way, she is a great follow, a great person for resources of any nature. She was on part three of coronavirus uh, communications for schools, giving an update about reopening plan. But if you have any questions about school PR communication, Music Watson is just a guru at the top of the list as far as who am I going to talk to, chat with about um, tough issues. She's so good. So follow her on Twitter. I'm going to give you her Twitter right now. It is Music Cab, C-A-A-B. You can ask her what the cab stands for. I just did. It was pretty funny. So Music Cab on Twitter, she is just, she's one of the best in the business. So shout out to her. Also, speaking of mental health, I got to give a quick shout out to Amber Nuvali, my public information officer. She brings my stress level way down. She is a support beyond supports. So thank you, Amber. She has been amazing through this. And just, we all need support during this time. We all need the go-to people. So that is why we did another big push for mental health to our parents, our students, and our staff. And we put a lot of resources out there. We created this whole page with hotlines, infographics, stress release, great videos, yoga stuff. Um, I even dove in because I was I would did this part of our benefits was um, you can get sign up for free, like a health coach, counseling all these different like life coach experts. If your goal was weight loss, reduce stress, sleep better, they had a personalized coach for you. So I signed up for it and (laughs) full disclosure, there was an Apple watch giveaway. If you signed up and had your first session before January 1st. So I did that, but I actually put that in my staff update, kind of a little bit vulnerable. My superintendent appreciated. He's like, wow, you let people know you signed up for this health expert counseling session thing. I said, yeah, it was so easy. You, I signed up and within a day I had my uh, appointment scheduled with this health expert. We talked about stress, sleeping better. She gave me tips and it was, it was free. 
all through my insurance. So I put that in the staff update. And that's one of those things that didn't go to the parents because it's not relevant to them. But I told them how to sign up. I put the link. I worked with some of our, our health uh, insurance and benefits folks. And, you know, so I told people I signed up to get, you know, uh, some expert advice on stress reduction, how to sleep better. And, you know, I don't care. It is what it is. What it is. If, if, uh, if you think you're the only one dealing with stress and anxiety right now, you're crazy. But that's one of those things that we all need. So that's why we did another big push. And we sent out basically a reminder of here's all the things you have available to you. We have a new wellness center at our high school, a new counselor there. So here's all these resources. So that's something you can do. Sometimes we don't have a major update to do with coronavirus, but people, they still want to hear from us. That is a great strategy, a great communication, a great message is that we understand we are empathetic. This basically is not fun. And here are some resources we curated for you. We're providing for you. We've hired for you and we want to support you. So mental health, make that another push. Mental health is always a good push. It is always a good resource. I was talking to my interns. They, When we talked about at the beginning of the semester, what we wanted to do and accomplish, it was really supporting people. And they've done some great work as far as doing articles about the wellness center, how students can get involved, sign up for sessions, workshops. And, you know, it may not be the most clicked on thing in the world, but if you reach one person and you may never know you do, that could help, you know, I don't want to be dramatic, but it could help save a life. I mean, people are stressed. They are anxious. This is a terrible time right now for a lot of people. So you providing that, I think, goes a long way. So consider pushing out those mental health and support resources, letting your students know who their counselors are, letting your parents know how to get in touch with them. That is a great way to do it. We built the whole website, uh, web page for that. And you know, it's, it, is it the most clicked on thing to be honest? No, it's not. But for those that need it, it's fantastic. We also pushed that out to the media. We got some good media stories. Another great job by Amber and her connections at Spectrum. Stressed and anxious. Those are the two words most commonly used as students describe how they're feeling while learning from home. I'm Ryan Blackshire Vargas in Arcadia, where they've started a new wellness center. It was supposed to be physically here on campus, but now it's virtual and students say they need it more than ever. And they talked to a student who's been using it. So anything you can do in that realm now is a good time because everyone's stressed as you are. Uh, push out those mental health and wellness resources for sure. One thing we did early on, which I'm glad about too, and here's another idea you can use, and I don't think it's too late, is do a specific hashtag for this quote unprecedented time during this pandemic with those highlights, those emotional stories, those people going above and beyond those tearing at the, uh, tugging at the heartstring stories. We did for the hashtag, schools closed, hearts open, and next to it we did a space and a heart. One of the reasons we did that is in one of our coronavirus updates early on, one of the subtitles was schools closed, hearts open. So our schools are still closed, but our hearts are still open. And here's what's available to you, kind of going back to what we were just talking about with the support and resources for students, parents. So glad we did that because now we can look back and on Twitter, it's great to see and seeing the staff pick up on it. They mentioned it in their tweets, 
And so when we go back on this time in five years, look at it, we're going to have this thread on Twitter. There's actually very, a few people, I think maybe on Facebook are used it once in a while, but we used it a lot. And most of the tweets on Twitter, if you do a search for the school close hearts open are us Arcadia unified. So they did a unique hashtag just for the pandemic and to highlight the amazing, you know, the amazing outreach, the work and just the care that our, our staff has had during this time with our students, working with our parents. It's been remarkable. So consider a unique hashtag for this time. Again, not ending anytime soon. Glad we did that. Maybe you have a unique one during this time too. We all have kind of our standard ones, but for this unprecedented time, we did a schools close hearts open. One thing that was really neat is that we had our hashtag basically read as an anchor intro to a recent piece on the news, Silent Night by our symphony orchestra at the high school. Both schools may be closed, but hearts are open this Christmas Eve in the San Gabriel Valley. We have a special performance tonight from a symbol of honor and pride, Arcadia High School Symphony Orchestra performing Silent Night. Mm -hmm. That was just such a really cool moment on the news when they read kind of our hashtag and then went into the silent night. And by the way, they played the entire five minutes of the song on the news. Never seen that done before. Amazing. Play that and talk more about that in our next portion. We talk about media relations and taking advantage of some of those opportunities that are within your district and highlighting just the remarkable work that our student staff and everyone's been doing during this pandemic. And speaking of that, one thing I want to talk to you about is highlighting and commemorating this moment in time. As we head to 2021, 2020, we know we are so glad it's done, but it's something we're going to want to look back on for the rest of our lives. It is a pivotal moment in the history of our school districts, our country, this world. So you really want to memorialize it however you can and make sure you capture as much of this as possible for historical references, for a thank you to your student, staff, parents, community. So one way to do that, one thing that we did several months ago actually was a thank you video, a tribute video to all the amazing things and the amazing people throughout our district put it together. It was longer than I wanted it to be. It was seven minutes, but and in the end, I really didn't care that it was too long because I wanted to capture as much as possible. So what we did, and I'll put a link in the description, you can view it, is just a highlight reel, a thank you. We intersected news clips when our students were featured on the news, students from Arcadia came together in song to lift the spirits of classmates and others. Photo montage, search the hashtag on Twitter for the pictures the teachers were putting out. I solicited photos from our principals, you know, some of, you know, two or three really great photos from your school the past few months during school closures received the 
guidance that all schools in Los Angeles County should close down immediately. Hey everyone, are you surprised to see us again? We are bringing you APN from our homes to your homes. I hope you're all doing well. I know that these are some tough times, but we are still determined. And pieced it all together, and it took a ton of time. Plus, I had technical issues with iMovie app. Thank goodness, by the way, they just have an, an update a few weeks ago. So hopefully all those kinks are worked out, but I was having major issues with it. So I almost had to re, re-edit this thing twice, and it, it took a long time to begin with. But honestly, I would do it all over again. It was well worth it, and this will be a piece that will stand throughout our school district long after I'm gone, and everyone can look back on it with just such pride. And on New Year's Eve, I posted it again several months later saying one last thank you before we close the book on 2020. And so it's gotten such a good response. You can use it again. I got texts and emails from some of our staff saying they were in tears watching it. Those in need during this pandemic. Right, joining us right now is 15-year-old Weber Lynn. I want to thank you for the remarkably calm way that you responded to our closing of schools. You're a freshman at Arcadia High School. You've been really productive during your extended spring break. That's what you're calling it. Tell us what you've been doing this whole time. I've been 3D printing masks to help health care workers. And you can hear I spliced in a few different times our superintendent from one of his early video updates talking about that traumatic day when we first had to close schools and then him once again another piece when he thanks our students and staff for their gracious way of when handling how we had to close down schools to really give a feel and the emotion of what was happening at this time. Just showing the nutrition services staff out there in triple degree, uh, triple digit heat, serving foods and the evolution, people still getting married during this and making the best of it. And our students, you know, pivoting to online and digital and still doing the high school newscast. You know, they were really the first ones. They got a nice news piece on it, too, about, you know, going from the studio to let's figure this out. How do we still provide the news and information to our school? put on a newscast in a virtual environment. They did that. With millions of students dealing with class disruptions, a journalism class at Arcadia High School took matters into their own hands. And as you'll see, they are determined to provide information and comfort during this difficult time. Hey everyone, are you surprised to see us again? We are bringing you APN from our homes to your homes. All these great moments that happened over the first few months of the pandemic and with the schools being closed and capturing as many pieces of those as possible and putting it together. I highly recommend doing that um, before it's too late, before it builds up. I actually am hoping to do a part two if I have time, but I'm just so glad we got part one done and it's going to be a really nice video for years to come. And it's a thank you video to, you know, our entire school community for, the remarkable work they've done. So I suggest doing that. And if you don't have time for a video, some kind of photo montage, a photo album, something to commemorate this remarkable time in history within your school district and its place in history.
Okay, next subject we want to talk about, touched about a little bit and alluded to it, media relations. Again, some just terrific work happening in our schools. Our performing arts folks are just in our district. Everyone's doing just, you know, above and beyond work right now. They sent me some incredible pieces and I'm going to play one for you right now. This was a few weeks ago, Arcadia Unified Middle School Choir doing the lion sleeps tonight. Now there's a vast majority of students across the Southland who have been distance learning, of course, during this pandemic. And that's what makes this performance by three Arcadia Middle School Choirs even more amazing. This is video showing 61 members of the Arcadia Unified School District Middle School Choir. And of course, that was their rendition of The Lion Sleeps Tonight. The video took 25 hours to edit. This is the first year the choir has been offered at the middle school level in the district. They sound like angels. Bravo. 60 students. The teacher had to piece it together. And we got on two different news stations. That is really beautiful. This is the Arcadia Unified Middle School Choir singing the classic, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Piece in the newspaper. These are the opportunities to highlight and showcase what's happening within your schools, just how the resilience people are showing, and they're still able to provide a remarkable educational experience. So I want to play the other piece for you and see if you notice anything real quick. What is really amazing is that each singer sent in their version of the mm. song to the choir director, Amanda Svetich. She spent 30 hours stitching together 61 versions of the song, syncing everything up. Uh -huh. Isn't that great? She did this because she doesn't want her students missing out on the performance aspect of their education. Wow, now that is a star teacher right there who How really beautiful. loves her students. Bravo to them. And it sounds great. Yes. It is just so amazing. And we get to highlight our teachers, our students, what they're doing, and we get to do it to a wider audience. I love media relations as a former reporter. That's something I really enjoy doing. Media has such great reach. They're looking for these stories. So do send them to them. They want them. But here's the next level tip on how to get those stories in the media and have the media be interested in wanting to run them. So most of the times the choir director or the band director, somebody will send you the video, right? And they'll say, oh, here's a great piece we did. And you're, thank you so much. I'll post this on social media. Then you're thinking, if it's really good, let me try and send this to the media. But what you need to do is you hear the commonalities in those pieces, right? What did you hear? How many students were involved? how long the editing took. You need to, once you get the video, the email, phone call from whoever it is sending it saying, hey, great video, you need to follow up with questions and get more information, things that are interesting, unique about the story. How many students were involved? Oh my goodness, there were 60 students involved. And knowing videos and piecing them together as most of you guys do, when you see all those squares across the screen and the song comes together and it's played flawlessly. You're thinking, how in the world did that come together and how long did it take you? And, you know, so tell me about that. So you got to ask those questions 
to the people putting together these videos, doing these pieces, the performances, theater, whatever it is, and give the media those talking points. What is really amazing is that each singer sent in their version of the mm. song to the choir director, Amanda Svetich. She spent 30 hours stitching together 61 versions of the song, syncing everything up. Uh -huh. Isn't that great? If they, look, if they just get, here's a cool video our, our choir did, our music department performed, it's good, but it's not likely going to make it. They need to talk about it. Why is it unique? What's the human interest story? You know, so you have to ask those second level questions. You can't just take the video and pass it on to the media. You need to give them more information so they have a script. It's going to draw in the audience. It needs to be of human interest. So those are the questions you need to ask. And when I see it for me, and I kind of forget when I'm talking media relations, I sort of take that for granted being a former news reporter because that's just, and that's my natural curiosity. I see something like that. Oh my goodness, how long did it take? How many people were involved? But those are the questions you need to ask to get a more in-depth story to make it of interest to the media. When you hear 60 students, oh my goodness, then you hear this is the first year of the Arcadia Unified Middle School Choir. Wow, that's remarkable. So those are the things that will help you get those stories in the media. So help the media help themselves, but you need to ask and follow up with those questions from the folks that are doing it. So you need to play the media, the role of the reporter, get that information, send it to them, short, succinct, but give them some nuggets, some talking points, so it's more of interest. The other one we got was just really impressive as well. And that song, The Lion Sleeps Tonight, that they did such a good job. I knew that you know, very likely was going to be picked up. And I, I listened to it myself a hundred times. It's just so well done. Our Arcadia High School Symphony Orchestra did this remarkable rendition of Silent Night. And actually one of our parents works at KCAL and forwarded it to them and gave them the information. And they actually played the entire song on the newscast. It's almost five minutes long. The news clip itself with the intro and the out is over five minutes. And I've never seen that before. But again, it goes to the point where news stations, they're depressed by all the pandemic coronavirus talk too. So they're looking for good things. They played this on Christmas Eve, Silent Night in its entirety. And it was just beautiful. We shared this, the original on our Facebook page. And the news clip, which played the full version as well. And it, the shares, it got almost 100 shares each. And by the way, side note, we need to talk about the Facebook algorithm because it is terrible. Our reach is horrible. We got good reach on it, but five years ago, it, it would have reached 100,000 people. And it, it did maybe 10, 11, 12,000 people with all those shares, comments, and likes. Anyway, needless to say, find those opportunities, send them to the media, and continue to expand your reach through the media. Um, just the airtime on that alone is remarkable. Both schools may be closed, but hearts are open this Christmas Eve in the San Gabriel Valley. We have a special performance tonight from a symbol of honor and pride, Arcadia High School Symphony Orchestra performing Silent Night. Mm.
what was really cool for me as well was Chris Holmstrom was the male anchor reading that. And I used to work with him in uh, Tucson, Arizona, Tucson News Now. So it's great to see him in the big market, Los Angeles. A lot of my former news reporter colleagues and friends are now in L.A. So it's really neat to see him, you know, reading that story in just five minutes of Silent Night by the Arcadia High School Symphony Orchestra. So that was just beyond really cool. So look for those opportunities when you can. We have our social media. We have our website. Also, do not be afraid to use your email blast system to send these videos to your community. Throw them in a coronavirus update. That's something I've done too. I threw some of these news clips in our coronavirus update saying, here's some good news uh, in case you haven't seen this. It doesn't all have to be guidelines and depression. It can be, here's some great things that are happening as well. So we include those, uh, the news clips in our coronavirus updates uh, definitely on occasion. We've done it several times and people love it and it's good news and it's, you know, not really directly related to school closures, but, um, absolutely it is in one way for sure, right. Of what's happening and let people know that to have trust and faith in your teachers and your staff, because they are still providing a remarkable educational experience. Both schools may be closed, but hearts are open this Christmas Eve in the San Gabriel Valley. Use your updates as well to put some of that good news in there. So take advantage of those opportunities. Keep sharing those amazing stories of what's happening. And media is a great way to help spread the word of what's happening in your schools. So that is part four, coronavirus communications for schools. And even some of our most recent episodes really have to do with the pandemic and communicating during this, this time right now. Our most recent one, 52, before this one was why you're not in the room and how to get in. We all want to be on cabinet, be a part of the conversation, talk about that. Some good, interesting tidbits from especially a superintendent perspective. 51 was this just amazing letter that a school district in West Virginia put out for a snow day. The story behind it is fantastic. Episode 50 was nice notes. We're all looking for ways to show appreciation for our staff during this time. We talked about the, the video we did to commemorate what we're doing, what they're doing. But nice notes is a whole nother campaign that we did to highlight staff. That's episode 50. So feel free to check those out as well. Didn't want to be having to do part four of coronavirus communications, but hopefully you find some of that helpful and hopefully you will pass it along to your colleagues as well. Thanks so much for everything you guys do. 2020 is done. Thank goodness. Here comes 2021. want to wish all you guys a happy 2021. It's going to be a great year. Keep the uh, good thoughts coming. We're hopefully uh, closer to the end than the beginning of this. I think we are, and good things are coming. Keep doing the great work. Your work is so important right now. Keep proving yourselves and your value, and uh, I hope everyone really appreciates what you're doing. I definitely do. I'll leave you with some more of our great student performances at the end of this as well. Happy 2021, everyone. Have a fantastic day.
Hi, this is Rob Wiltsey, founder of Schoolshine. We make custom, professional quality videos for school districts. We want to make sure your district has the very best video content possible and the best content strategy so you can get the most out of your videos. So check out some samples at schoolshine.org and schedule a call with us today to learn how you can take your videos to the next level. That's schoolshine.org. Do you wish that creating and sending email newsletters took less time and effort? Would you like more parents to tune in and read your district's newsletter? If so, try MarketVolt, the email newsletter platform tailored for districts like yours. With MarketVolt, it's simple to create newsletters that parents will read. MarketVolt automatically customizes your newsletter to match each parent's interest. With MarketVolt, you can create better newsletters with less headache and less hassle. Visit betterk12newsletter.com to learn what MarketVolt can do for you. That's betterk12newsletter.com, powered by MarketVolt. Hey there, PR experts. Blackboard here. School PR is about telling the story of your students, your teachers, and your school community. From websites and mass notifications to mobile presence and classroom engagement, Blackboard has the tools that you need. And whether you're a one-person shop or part of a bigger communication team, we can help you reach more people more effectively in less time. Thank you for all the work you do in improving education and helping students succeed. And thanks for letting us be a part of it. 